You're listening to the Sojourn Montrose Sermon Podcast. To get connected at Sojourn Montrose, visit our website, sojournmontrose.org. Our Lord once said, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. The kingdom of God is like that which is small and unassuming until, through time and transformation, it becomes the fill of the nations, the pride of all creation. On Christmas, we celebrate the first of many mustard seeds of this kingdom of God. Juxtaposed against this divine monarchy is the kingdom of sin, the kingdom of man, and it, in ways, is similar. James tells us the story of mankind and the current plight of all apart from God when he writes, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. God's kingdom, that heavenly mustard seed, grows to become the food and shelter for the whole world over, the hospitality of God himself. Yet it is the kingdom of sin which has reigned on earth until the advent, the incarnation. Adam and Eve were lured and enticed by desire, which conceived and gave birth to sin, which grew and wrought death most literally displayed as our rebellious parents first bore the fruit of the womb in Cain, who was a murderer of his faithful brother. And so long lay the world in sin and in error pining. Pining for what? And based upon what? A promise of a seed, and a seed-like promise. God promised the tempter that disgusting manifestation of sin wrapped in scales that one day the seed of woman would produce a man who would conquer, saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. The fruit of the seed of the serpent grew quickly, watered by the desires of man and a reverence toward God the kingdom of sin grew. A flood could not stop it. The kingdom of sin continued to grow. Disbursement and new languages and varying cultures could not stop it. The kingdom of sin continued to grow. Plagues and famine, fire and sulfur, war and disease could not stop it. Temptations manifested desires and desires conceived and brought forth sin, and death reigned in all the kingdoms of man. Still, the seed of promise, in a promised seed for a better king than Adam or a serpent, a better kingdom than Babylon, and a better fruit than death remained. Noah heard that promise and responded with faith in the midst of the kingdom of sin. Abraham and Sarah responded with faith in the midst of the kingdom of sin, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Joseph and Moses all heard the seed of promise of the promised seed. All responded in faith in the kingdom of sin. 
David heard and responded in faith, and a throne was established in Israel for the promised king of God's promised kingdom in the midst of the kingdom of sin. And then, many years later, God reiterated that same promise to another woman, a better Eve who had not yet conceived or bore the fruit of a man of violence. He told her that she would be the woman for whom all creation had been waiting, because her womb would become the garden into which the divine seed of promise would be planted. The seed of conquering was finally going to sprout forth. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. This mustard seed is that of a helpless child being born in mean estate in the city of David, a child and yet a king. Much like infants in comparison to kingdoms, mustard seeds are easy to write off. They are rather inconsequential. They are small. Like unborn children, these seeds are easy to disregard. They require care and patience and a transformation which seems almost magical in its scale. So too, church, are the things of the kingdom. To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? To a mustard seed, yes, but also to so much more. We can compare it to the gratitude and worship treasured in the heart of a virgin mother that exploded into new songs for a new people and a new creation. We can compare it to 12 young, uneducated fishermen and laborers who began a never-ending movement which has led to the salvation of millions across the whole world. This seed-like kingdom began with the birth of a crying child into a humble home. A child who we are told by Luke grew in strength and in wisdom until as a man he proved himself to be the perfect son of God, unwilling to succumb to the temptations of the kingdom of sin or to the lies of the serpent. The kingdom is founded upon the word of God taking on human flesh, the light of God entering the darkness, first glimmering only through a single star in the night over an inn at Bethlehem. At first, the miraculous and history-shifting events of God's kingdom seem small, or at least unrecognizable. But like seeds are wont to do, it grew. It grew as our Lord proved Himself to be the hope of all mankind in His perfect and righteous living. It grew as the Son of God bore the sins of all the sons of Adam. It grew as the kingdom of sin was crushed as the only fruit it knew to yield was conquered through resurrection as the second Adam burst forth from the grave. It grew as the Word of God in flesh ascended into the heavenly places to reign and rule, yet sent the Word of God in spirit to indwell those who had faith in Him, even those whose faith was as small as a mustard seed. And then it continued to grow and grow and grow. It grew in exile, in opposition, and in persecution. It grew in times of war and in times of peace. The kingdom grew in times of poverty and want, and it still grew in times of prosperity and comfort. It grows in the west and in the east. It grows in the north and in the south. It grows today in a pandemic and in social and political revolutions, and it will keep on growing tomorrow. 
And as it grows more and more, it becomes like the grand and glorious mustard plant, providing food and shelter for the birds of the air, or more literally, the people of all the nations. The crucifixion is the seed become a fruit-bearing, shelter-providing tree, as the tree of death is transformed into the tree of life. At the cross, the broken body and shed blood of Christ become the banquet feast for true life in God's one true kingdom. At the cross, the water and the blood poured out and provide protection from wrath, judgment, shame, and guilt, and therefore allow lowly men and women to become happy homes for the Spirit of God, through whom all the temptations and desires and sins which lead to death can be conquered and avoided. Still the kingdom is not done growing. The fullness of that glorious transformation from seed to garden king is not yet complete. For the unborn baby that was planted in the womb of Mary surely transformed, growing in strength and wisdom, teaching and healing, dying and raising and ascending. But one day he will return in all the glory and garments of a conquering king of heaven. He will not be carried this time in the humble womb of a virgin. Instead, he will be carried upon a noble steed of salvation. At Christmas, we sing songs celebrating the birth of a child. And this would be strange were the kingdom of God not like a mustard seed. For a child alone, even if the joy of his parents, simply cannot become the joy of the whole world. We sing about the birth of a child because a child being born to us is as it was to the shepherds in their fields on that night, good news of great joy for all the people. All people who have been laying long in sin and error and yet pining. Christ, the baby Jesus in Bethlehem, is the Lord. He is the light of God. He is the antidote to that most ancient and unassailable disease called death. As the pastor and theologian Alexander Schmemann so eloquently puts, it is the Christian gospel that God did not leave man in his exile, in the predicament of confused longing. He had created man after his own heart and for himself. And as man struggled in his freedom to find the answer to the mysterious hunger in him. In this scene of radical unfulfillment, God acted decisively. Into the darkness where man was groping toward paradise, he sent light. He did not do so as a rescue operation to recover lost man. It was rather for the completing of what he had undertaken from the beginning. God acted so that man might understand who he really was and where his hunger had been driving him. The light God sent was his son, the same light that had been shining unextinguished in the world's darkness all along, seen now in full brilliance. Sure, the unfettered and unguided desires of mankind lead to sin and death. But Christ has become as a light for all mankind that they might have their desires illuminated upon their true hope, 
union with God and participation in His doings. The light has come, not only to crush the darkness, but also so that we might truly see. The kingdom of God coming upon us is like that of a blind man receiving sight or a dead man being roused to eternal life. And where there is light, darkness wanes. Where there is life, death has no home. The kingdom of God not only brings true life, it brings the kingdom of sin closer to extinction with every man or woman or child who has given eyes to see the glory of God in the baby Jesus, the risen Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, shepherds gazed upon the light of life and wise men packed their bags to journey toward a bright star. Their desires were the same as all men before them and all men since. They wanted to experience life in full, happiness, meaning, and peace. And in the infant son of Mary, they found it. Though small as a mustard seed, the birds of the air were already moving toward where the garden would be planted, knowing by God's grace and by the announcement of the angels that this branch would feed them and protect them forever. So this Christmas Eve, I implore you, come also to see the infant king. Even you whose faith may be as small as a mustard seed, or you who feel insignificant and easily cast aside, or you who feel unworthy and unwanted, or you who are hopeless or depressed, or you who feels lonely and unlovable, for unto you a child is born, and his birth is good news of great joy for all the people. It is good news for the sinner and for the prudent. It is good news for the lonely and those who host many companions. It is good news for the confident and for the doubtful, for the joyful and for the mourning. It is good news for those who are willing to allow God to make them like a mustard seed, small and insignificant, yet willing to allow God to make them so much more through time and transformation. It is good news for all who desire who desire to be a part of something more, like a kingdom that is expanding and leading to the healing and restoration of all things. The birth of Christ is good news. It is good news for those who desire joy, for those who desire purpose, for those who need a family, for those who desire healing, for those in need of happiness or forgiveness. It is good news for all people. Why? Because God has come to live with us. Because God has professed in this Christmas birth His love for us, His validation of us, and His desire for us. It is good news because light has come and life is freely given. Because Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise His name forever. We sing joy to the world. Joy to the world? Oh, yes. Indeed, the Lord has come. Let earth and all her members receive her King. Let every heart, let your heart this evening, even if it is anxious or tired or hardened or numb, prepare Him room. Because heaven and nature, church, are already singing. Shall we join them in songs of praise? And may our songs of praise in this little room 
like a mustard seed compared to this great city, grow over time and with great care into a beautiful tree which provides nourishment and security to all of our neighbors. Amen. Father, we thank you for your Son, that in him we too can be called sons. We thank you for the grace that you have offered us in this humble birth, in a lowly death, in a glorious resurrection, and in a promise of return. May we receive you well this evening.